Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 10 and uh, it's a pretty impactful chapter, at least for me. And uh, But before we get into it, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for today and for watching over us and thank you for the many blessings. You're incredibly gracious and you see us through the lens of your son's sacrifice, through the sacrifice of Christ, you don't see us as I see me. And I'm grateful for that. I thank you that you've seen me as purified and made holy. And Lord, I just pray as we read today that our hearts and our minds would open up, that our spirits would be able to absorb the fact of how much you love us, and that we would gain your insight and your understanding. May, may you, Holy Spirit, be the one who speaks. May you teach us and talk to us. Because there's a lot to learn, and there's a lot to apply to our lives. I just pray that we would learn to love you with our whole being, and love our neighbors as ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as I wrote in the uh, summary description, I never feel holy. I don't think I ever feel priestly. I don't think I feel really like I've, that I'm worthy of, of grace and that I'm worthy of the sacrifice that Christ did. I always look at my faults and I, that's how I see me. But this chapter really says something differently. And so let's go ahead and jump on into it. Um, verse 1. The law is, the on, is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason it can never, by the same sacrifices, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire. You were not pleased with them. That's uh, Psalm 40. Though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am. I have come to you to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will... We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So in this argument that he's making, there was the law and it was the best that could be done. But it was just it was just a precursor to the true final covenant, new covenant that would be written. And that was the sacrifice made by Christ. Verse, verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. 
But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Do you feel like you've been made holy? (laughs) I have been. I don't feel holy most of the time. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So he doesn't remember all the stuff I've done and will do. He views me through the, through the lens of Jesus' sacrifice, through that cleansing sacrifice once and for all. He doesn't view me through my failures. He views me through his son. Verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching." If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of a raging of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died with, without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who trampled on the Son of God underfoot? who was treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again the Lord will judge his people. This is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I used to think that meant me, right? that I could still fall away, I could sin so terribly, and face this. But that's when I was looking at myself as earning my, my salvation. What that, who that is, according to Sturgeon, or Spurgeon and others, those are the people who hear the message, but they don't, they don't accept it. They trample upon the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that he made. Again, I, I've been for a lot of my life thinking that I earn my salvation, thinking that in order to, to please God, I had to do bigger and better things, be more pure. The reality is, is I can never do that. And I've failed miserably when I've tried. The reality is, he's forgiven me once and for all 
for all of my sins. He looks at me through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus. He doesn't look at me as through my achievements, quote unquote, and the things that I do, because there's really nothing good there. He looks at me through the sacrifice, and therefore I've been made holy. Verse 32. Remember those early days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of, full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he, is come, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but by my righteousness, one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So I was reading a lot of Charles Spurgeon on this, and there were just, I think he had about a dozen sermons. But one thing he says in his messages, and it's regarding, um, it's regarding verses 10 through 14. He writes, And yet, let it never be forgotten, be forgotten, sorry, that we are, in the sight of God, different in some respects than we shall ever see ourselves to be, if we look through the glass of feeling and consciousness. There are other matters to be taken to, into consideration, matters which our anxiety may lead us to overlook, and our inward search may cause us to forget. Faith reveals to us another position for of God besides that which they occupy in themselves. Some call it an evangelical fiction and the, and the like, but thank God it is a blessed fact that sinners as we are in ourselves, yet believers are saints in God's eyesight, in God's sight, and that sinful as they, they feel themselves to be, yet they are washed, cleansed, and sanctified in Jesus Christ. And that describes me. That regardless of how, how I view myself, the reality is, is that I'm seen by God. I'm in, seen in God's sight as a saint because I have been washed, cleansed, and sanctified by Jesus. The end. I've already received that. That is how God sees me. And thank God for that. Even better, it's how he sees you. It's how he sees all of us who love his son. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we're, we stop sinning. It means that we have been sanctified. We have been made holy. We have been cleansed, washed by the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's how God sees us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So with that, let's go back to God in, in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the insights of others, such as Charles Spurgeon. And thank you for your word, for blessing those men and women who know so much more and 
documented it for us. But Lord, most of all, thank you for cleansing me and looking at me through the eyes of Jesus' sacrifice. Not through my eyes and not through the eyes of someone in this world, but looking at me through the sacrifice, the sanctification of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for your, your grace because I don't deserve any of it. No matter how hard I work, I fail. But that's okay because it doesn't, my actions, my works can't earn my grace. But I can strive to be your son and be the best one possible. So, Father, I just thank you for forgiving me when I fail. And I pray for your strength to do your will and bring you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.